The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Rameen. If you or someone you are close to is dealing with addiction, there are so many programs out there that can help you. But how do you gauge which ones are going to work the best for you? Some are expensive. Some deal with some of the issues, but don't get to the heart of the matter. Others treat the problem at a basic level, but don't determine ultimate success. Join us now for an hour that sets out to be truly groundbreaking and will help you discover how to find the best program for your addiction problem. Now, here is Ross Rameen. Hi, welcome to the show. This is Ross Rameen. We're coming to you from the Rebos Treatment Center in Los Angeles, California. Thanks so much for joining us today on The Power to Create Yourself. Uh, we have another episode of Client Files. We we have done three in the past, and uh, we were going to kind of call it quits at that, but then we had such a great uh, response that we thought we kind of open it back up again. A lot of people... Um, a lot of our listeners are getting a lot of um, a lot of good information from this. Hearing other people with their struggles, uh, with their successes in early sobriety and uh, in all forms of sobriety, whether it's days, weeks, or months or years. Um, and so we have another guest today. His name is Cena. Cena is um, 98 days sober. Uh, he's a former PCP and heroin addict. Um, he used to shoot it up uh, through his arm, IV use. Um, Cena has been to 17 plus treatment centers. He does not remember <laughs> the exact amount. I guess it doesn't really matter after that amount. Cena, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you. Good to have you, man. Um, Cena, you have been through a tremendous amount of treatment. Um, you have you grew up here in Los Angeles. Correct. Um, and you have been there and you've done that. Um, you're 24 years old. Yes. Um, why? You've got 98 days of sobriety, and I should probably just start and say congratulations. Thank you. It's not easy. 98 days of sobriety of doing life straight. What's different about this 98 days? You Have you ever had over 90 days before? Yes, I did. Yeah? How many? What's the most you've ever had? I had nine months. You had nine months. When was that? This was last year. Last year. Correct. Okay. What? When you had the nine months, did you feel like you had it? Yes. Why? Looking back on it, why didn't you have it? Why didn't I have it? Because I was white knuckling it. I didn't have a sponsor. I was in working a good program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that that was it. Yeah. No Just, no meetings. But yet you thought you had it. Correct. Really? Yes. It's kind of spooky. Yes. You can think you have something, but you totally don't. Were a lot of people telling you you didn't have it? Yes. Really? Yes, they did. What were they saying? They were saying, uh, you know, you can't be doing this by yourself. You need to have someone helping you and guiding you through the steps. And I just didn't want to listen to them. Why not? Because I thought what I know was right. Really? Yes. After, and, and this was what number of treatment centers in? This was the 17th. The 17th. Correct. So after 17 treatments, and I, and I, and I giggle because I'm very similar to you. It's, I, I was the same way. People are kept telling me that I was literally on fire 
and they were they were walking up to me with like a fire extinguisher, and they would say to me like, "Hey, do you mind if we just you're you're, you're smoking a little bit? Yeah. Let's put you out." And I'm like, "No, I got it." Um, but it's funny because if we go out to lunch and we're eating cheeseburgers, we're eating some, some a messy meal, and we get a little on our face, you know, you're like, "Hey, you got a little something on your cheek there. You might want to get it off." You probably take a napkin and wipe it off. No big deal. Okay. But if somebody's telling you that you're full of it, you're totally full of shit. You're totally full of everything else. You're not, you think you're doing it. We think, you know, we just say, no, we're fine. We're fine. What do you think's up with that? Why, why do we do that? Uh, well, in my case, I just didn't want any authority figure. I didn't want someone telling me what to do. Um, and at the same time, I didn't really want to be sober. You know, um, I just... Uh, you know that now looking back? Or yes, yes. Because, um, you know, I was court ordered for a year treatment. And I just didn't um, want to stay sober. I just wanted to get through my court and finish my program and be free. Mm. Wow. That's pretty heavy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Go through all that court ordered, all this stuff, and it's and it still doesn't click in your head. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important that people understand that. I, you know, when I talk in front of the groups and I do all that, I mean, this is such a this is such a wild. I mean, you do not realize how deep in a hole you actually are. You just don't even know. Yeah. I mean, you're. I mean, you're. You're nine plus months sober in, at the time, and you had no idea that you were literally still in a hole. And you actually you were making the hole more structurally sound for you to be in. Yeah. You weren't even climbing out of it. No. Most people are trying to make a rope that's structurally sound to climb out of the hole. And you're making that hole nice, even more cozy. Yes. Sharpening your, basically sharpening your shovel so you can continue to dig a deeper hole for yourself. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so tell me about it now. Why is, why do you feel you have 98 days of sobriety? Why do you feel you got it now? Um, what, let, let me, in, not, in no disrespect as I say this, what, I mean, why, I mean, well, no. Keep going. What, what do you got to say about it? Um, Why do you think you have it now at 98 days of sobriety? I I really don't think I have it now. I, I might have a few steps of getting it. Um, you know, when I first came into this program uh, 99 days ago, I overdosed. I flatlined in a tent. Um, my buddy came to my rescue. What do you mean you were in a tent? I was in a tent at the park in Westwood Park. Um, you were living in a tent. I was just just hanging out with my couple of my buddies, and uh, you know uh, I. I mean, it, you're living in a tent, and I mean, these homeless buddies, or what were they? No, just just some using buddies. And you guys just pitch a tent in a park. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And that's know, the first time I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, that's not homeless. <laughs> no. Okay. And um, you know, I just I just wanted to see how it how it reacted, so I did a point five shot of heroin. Um, flatline and um, you know my girlfriend at the time called my buddy um, and within two minutes he, he came with the Narcan and hit me and I woke up you know what's uh, Narcan for the people that don't know what it is uh, Narcan is something to revive you from overdose uh, get your heart uh, jumping again um, so you know that was that was the first time I ever overdosed first time I ever flatlined um, and it scared me. It really did scare me. Um, you know, still knowing that I had to do a year treatment and I was still court ordered 
for treatment, um, not caring at, at the time. You know, I at that time when I was flatlined, uh, I, I, you know, I thought to myself that I have so much to lose. I have, I have great family members, great support system that care about me and love me. Um, and it still didn't bother me. It still didn't, you know, after I came back to life, uh, I just wanted to go get high again. So wait, you're, you, you got some heroin. Well, first you're in a tent, not homeless in a park. This is great drug addict stuff here. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> this is totally rational. <laughs> this just makes perfect sense. Let's go get a tent. We're going to put it in a park. It's totally, nobody will know we're here. We're going to get some heroin. We're going to shoot it up, see how it rolls. I'm on probation. We're just going to roll like this. You overdose. You flatline. You're dead. Literally dead. Your girlfriend's with you. Correct. She calls your buddy who comes over within two minutes. Correct. He wasn't with you. He was just happened to be nearby. Yes. He comes over, gives you this thing of Narcan, gets you, gets your heart going again. Correct. What happens then? Are, do you, are, do you go to the hospital, the paramedics, or do you just wake right up? I just wake right up. Yeah. Yes. Then what'd you do right after uh, that? Right after that, you know, I, I actually woke up at home, um, in my bed still clothes you know i still have my clothes on you know um and uh, you know my my friend that, that gave me the narcan uh owns a sober living as well and i you know he he basically packed so he was clothes. a sober dude correct that your girlfriend called correct awesome so that wasn't just another drug addict no, no. an active drug addict no. i should say okay cool you know and um you know i i still don't remember some parts of it but uh, I guess I fell asleep again and I woke up into a sober living. And, um, you know, I, I, at the time I, I really wanted to leave because I was uncomfortable because I was withdrawing. Um, and I stuck it out. I really stuck it out. You know, uh, at that time I still didn't care about court, nor did I give a fuck about my family. Um, but, you know, I just stuck it out. Yeah. Wow. Who, what other, you know, I always think it's, it's, it's important that, you know, I always look back and I, and I, and I laugh at you with your tongue in the park. I mean, I, I once, I literally thought I was so high on drugs at one point. I literally thought the police were coming into my house, like repelling in. And I, I literally, I remember calling up a lawyer back in Chicago and he goes, I don't know what you're doing, Ross, but you should rip out the attorney section of your <laughs> yellow pages and, and walk to somebody's house. Don't drive because they'll get you on a DUI. And I don't know if you know how big the attorney section is in most yellow pages. I mean, obviously, we don't use yellow pages as much as we did, but it's the A section, and it's really thick. Um, and I ripped that thing out. And I mean, it's just like the logic that goes through us, just like we are, we're on the moon. Mm -hmm. I always try to look back and kind of, you know, I'm obviously not proud of what that was, but I have a sense of humor about what it is. And I also have a a pretty open eye to who I don't want to be because of those incidences. Um, what else do you have? What other, you know, what other times, you know, do you have that you look back on that, you know, you don't want to be this person anymore? Like, are there any other um, events, any things that you did that you thought were totally logical, like real drug addict type thing mm -hmm. that keeps you sober today? Yes. Um, you know, plenty of times with my family, for instance, my grandma was on her deathbed um, and I went to visit her 
and I was still in my using, uh, you know, using time. Um, I didn't have no money, so when she was falling asleep, I would, you know, go into her purse and steal her money and leave. Um, you know, I did I did a bunch of stuff to my family that I regret, and and I, I just don't want to look back at. Um, you know, I half of my family doesn't talk to me right now for for my using, you know, times, um, and. You know, it affects me right now. It actually does really affect me because, um, you know, they love me the most and they care for me. And, um, you know, they don't want to see me dead or in jail or being institute institutionalized. Do you do you feel that is your family not talking to you because they don't like you or are they not talking to you right now because they're not totally on board that you're you're the new man? Well, no, you know, plenty of times I, I, I get sober and everything's all good and, you know, fine. And then I keep going out. So they're, they're just scared that I might do it one more time and not commit to, to being sober. They're protecting themselves. Right. Yes. You can't blame them for it. Not at all. No. I used to blame it all the time. Yeah. I used to. I totally would. Be like, get on board with me. Then finally, they're like, we're so sick of hearing you say, I'm sorry. Mm. They were just like, stop saying I'm sorry. It does not mean, it doesn't mean anything anymore. There's no authenticity to your I'm sorry. <laughs> and I, I mean, I personally, I, and I tell, I tell, you know, clients that we have and, you know, people that I work with, I'm like, when you go seeing your family for the first time after X amount of days, months or whatever it is, and you're doing really well, don't oversell yourself. Just be just, just, you are going to prove that you are a different man, different woman, you know, whatever the case may be, you're going to prove your, you know, your loyalty to yourself just through your actions. And then your family will slowly get on board. Mm-hmm. Who's forgiven you? Right now in my family, um, my brother. Yeah. That's, that's about it. Brother. Yes. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Why did he come around quicker? Um, is he older or younger? He's older than me. He's yeah. two years older than me. Because um, I looked up to him, you know, and I was with him half of my life until I started using heroin. Um, he was my best friend. Um, you know, we, we hung out every day. We played basketball every day. And, um, you know, everything that I would have done that affected me, I would have talked to him first. And he would have guided me through my, uh, you know, emotions and feelings. And, um, you know... I do really need him in my life. I can't, you know, um, you know, sitting right here and talking about him, you know, I'm, I'm tearing up and it affects me because, you know, I, I've, I've done so much bad stuff to him that I can't even forgive myself. Yeah, I hear you, man. And your parents, are they both still alive? Yes, my parents are both still alive. Do they, do they acknowledge you or are they just nothing? They acknowledge me, they text me, they say hi and uh, how I'm doing. Um, but they're a little standoffish. Yes, yes, yes. Pro- just kind of more protective-ish. Right. Can you go to your house now and check in with them, or are they the house kind of off off limits for the time being? Um, I can go and check in with them, but I choose not to because you know that's where I used to use and do my stuff. Yeah. Um, so at the same time, it does affect me if I go back to my you know old surroundings. Yeah. So I just I just choose not to. Yeah. It's probably smart yeah. for the time being. Really laying it out of what you can do and what you can't do. Correct. You can always go back at some point. Yes. But no need to. It's e- it's so much easier to avoid temptation uh, beforehand as opposed to being in it. Yes. 
um, in the situation. Um, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. Um, then we come back, and I want to know why you think you're doing drugs. What, why, you know, what have you learned over all this time? Like, what is the core? I mean, yes, you're addicted to drugs, or you were addicted to drugs, but what fuels that fire? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, thanks for joining us today. We're here with Cena. Um, he's a person that's got 98 days of sobriety. He's a former PCP heroin user. Um, he's been through 17 plus treatments. Um, this is becoming more and more common um, with people in society now. Lots and lots of treatment they're going through. And for some reason, stuff's not clicking. Um, is it the treatment that they're getting? Is it their mental mind frame? Are the drugs more potent? Um, a ton of questions uh, that we'll get into um, in the next uh, during this hour. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ross Ramin. Uh, this is the Power to Create Yourself, and we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Ramin. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at rebostreatment.com. Now, back to the power to create yourself. Hi, welcome back to the show. This is Ross Ramin. Thanks for joining us. 
Uh, we have um, Sina, who is joining us today. Um, we're coming to you from Los Angeles, California, and he has come into the studio today, and he's telling us about his story. Um, Sina's been through 17-plus treatment centers, and we're really trying to get into you know, helping people realize that they're not alone, also trying to shed light on, you know, is it? Is this normal for somebody to be through 17 plus treatment centers? Is it normal for a guy like myself? I've been through eight plus treatment centers. What what's not working? What what's happening in our society? Are the drugs more potent? Um, are mom and dads not being mom and dads? Um, what's going on with this whole thing? Is why does this happen? Um, so we have so many topics that I know I want to get into uh, with you, Sina. Um, He's got 98 days of sobriety today. Uh, we couldn't be more proud of you um, to get that. That is not an easy thing. People might say 98 days. Who gives us, you know, whatever. Um, it's actually really hard. Yeah. Um, I always tell people, it's like, imagine being on a diet mm-hmm. and you have to lose 20 pounds. Okay. And you are for 98 days, you have gone to the gym every day for the full hour. You have gone to the grocery store and you haven't swayed at all by the cookie section. You are eating nothing but healthy and you're losing weight. And on top of it, you have to lose weight every single day. You can't even break even. You have to constantly be taking off poundage because if you break even or gain a single ounce, you will die or you'll go to jail. Mm People don't understand at all what a mental game that this is. The amount of focus that you have to have on a daily basis just to maintain what you're doing for, I mean, you're to do what you're doing for 98 days, you're, you're addicted to arguably the most addictive substances on the planet. I mean, heroin. People have been fighting wars for that for centuries over poppy fields. I mean, just, it's nuts. It's the most potent thing on the planet. And plus, you're shooting it up. Mm-hmm. You died. You died from this. Yeah. And you were you were brought back. I mean, talking about a spiritual awakening. Have you ever died before? No. No? You ever been, you've been to jail? Yes. Prison? Yes. Really? Yes. For how long? Uh, jail, nine months, prison, a year. Really? For what, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, possession, possession for sales, uh, strong arm, 211s, uh, armed robbery. Yeah, the nine. And you're 24. Yes. You've been through a lot, man. Yeah. And all that. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you were doing drugs? What's um, your fuel? What is it giving you that you can't give yourself? Coping with my feelings, that's the main one. But, um, you know, I got into heroin because my friend uh, told me it was hash. And uh, Were you I, smoking it? Yes, smoking at the time. And it looked just, you know, just like hash, which is weed. Um, and the next day I, I come back to him and I'm like, yo, what was that? And he said it was heroin. I was like, let's go get it. You know. Um, How old were you then? I was... 17 17 yes doing heroin at 17 wow i to be honest i just wanted to fit in with the cool people um whatever they were doing i didn't ask questions um i just wanted to get it wow you know whatever whenever however you know um that's where that's where it came to me being in jail you know my mom not giving me money no way of me getting money i would have to rob people 
for the heroin. Um, at that time, heroin was my life. It was my girlfriend. You know, you were you had an intimate relationship with it. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. I get it, man. Yes, I couldn't do anything without cocaine. Correct. Nothing, literally nothing. It controlled my life. Yes, every single thing I did. It, it's like I I couldn't. I got to a point in the morning I would wake up if. Before I went to bed, I'd have to save me a little bit just to do, to get out of bed, to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. The 10 feet. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's so, and people are yelling at you. It's like, get your act together. You're blah, blah, blah. It's like, you want to be, but it's like, people just don't get it. It's Mm -hmm. like, I am stuck. Yes. Like, I'm literally stuck. Yes. I can't do anything about this. Definitely. Uh, it's just it overpowers you. Mm-hmm. So wait, let's go back. So you were insecure. Correct. Why? You're a good-looking dude. At that time, I wasn't. You know, at that time, I was. According to you, or according to everybody else. According. Well, your mother always thinks you're pretty. <laughs> yeah, my mom. Yes, definitely. According <laughs> to everyone else, friends, I was 200 plus. Uh, you know, my weight was 200 plus more. Um, yeah, I just, I just wasn't. Thinking about myself, I thought I was ugly. I thought uh, I, I, you know, I had no potential in anything. You know, growing up, my mom wanted me to become a lawyer or doctor. Um, Were you a good student? No, no, no. I mean, like I wasn't a good student because I could. It was so difficult for me to read. Were you not a good student because you just didn't do student things, or was school hard for you? Uh, I just didn't do student things. Okay. You know, I, I love history. Mm-hmm. That's the only class that I passed is history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other classes, I would be reckless. I would uh, start fights. I would not pay attention to the teacher. When did that start? Um, when I got into high school. Yeah. Yes. So in grade school, were you were you were you a pretty good kid in grade school? Yes. Yeah. I would, like I said, I would just follow my brother wherever he went. He was he was a great he was a um, a student, uh, AP, you know. So I would I would follow him until he went to high school. Wow. Uh, we went to, to different high schools, and uh, it just went downhill. Wow. So you're insecure. So what? Do you think that's really your underlying issue? Or do you have others? I do have others, uh-huh. um, you know, my dad not being there for me when I was a kid, or um, me not getting what I what I wanted when I wanted. What? So you would act out. Correct. And your dad not being there as a kid, what does that mean? Just um, working too much, or was he just not hearing you? He wasn't present in my life. He would uh, work work too much. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what he would do, but he would not be around home. Um, what would you, know, you like from him? It'd be a father figure. Yeah. Show me, you know, uh, show me how to do stuff, play basketball. My mom showed me how to play basketball. Um, my mom showed me how to swim. Mm. You know, uh, I, my mom at that time was my mom and my dad. You know, um, for instance, you know, it was my championship game at Junior Lakers YMCA. And, um, I look over to the sidelines, it's my family members, and I, I, I wave at my mom, I'm like, where's my dad? And he he wasn't there, mm. you know, uh, and it really affected me, it did. It, um, he doesn't even know how old I am, he doesn't know what grade I'm in, he doesn't even know half of the stuff that I've been through, jail, he doesn't know anything, you know. Is he an alcoholic or a drug addict? No, he's not. No. No. 
he just kind of chucked out. Yes. Was he like that way for your brother? Um, you just you only have one sibling. I did have two. One of them died from stomach cancer oh, okay. when we were young. Um, as as my mom would tell me, my dad was there for my my youngest, my older brother that that passed away. Um, and as soon as he died, uh, he just checked out. He just um, didn't know how to become a father or be a father to his two other sons. Wow. How does that affect you about your older brother dying? Um, I didn't know until I was. How old were you? Uh, when I, when he died. Yeah. I was one years old. Oh, okay. So the, you were pretty young. Yeah. Okay. You didn't really have that much of a relationship with him. No, no. I, obviously. I didn't even know I had a brother until I was like nine, ten. Really? Correct. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So how do you, how do you go through, you know, with ninety eight days of sobriety? I mean, this is, I mean, this is, this is a big deal, 98 days, but it's a drop in the bucket though. Yeah. I mean, I say that, I say that respectfully. How do you keep your insecurities at bay? What do you look for? What do you keep, like, I, you hit the nail on the head for me. I, I did drugs because of insecurities. I literally started doing drugs in high school because I wanted to be part of that crew. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to be part of. I was not happy. And and once I got into that crew, I was going to be the, and I didn't think I was the best looking guy by any means. So I wanted to be the most wild, most quote unquote fun guy that there was. You know, the last guy standing, whatever it had to be, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that when I went into college. Just, I am going to be the life of the party. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. People are going to invite me over to their place because that dude, that that guy parties. And I want that dude at my house. Um, any other day of the week, I don't need him here. But Saturday night, let's roll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I remember when I got sober, my insecurities through all the treatments that I went through. Um, it When I went through my last time, I remember sitting there and I was trying to find out why. I did. Why? Why was I keep relapsing? Like, what? What is the common denominator here? And I remember just kind of laying it all out. And every time that I went out, it was because, um, it was because I was jealous, mm-hmm. and I was insecure. I was jealous of the fun people everybody else was having, and I was looking through with such narrow vision mm-hmm. that. The only way I can have fun is by drinking and doing drugs. I wasn't like opened up to it. And then I was so insecure that I was convinced the only way I'd be able to find a a decent curl is if I had an eight ball of cocaine in my pocket. I honestly, definitely, I I didn't know any other way. And so when I look back through all my ways of relapsing, it's like, I remember the last, the second to last time I thought I had it. I moved to a new town. I didn't know anybody. Not a soul. And I had two choices. I could either go to AA meetings or I, to meet people or I could go to bars. And I remember I went to an AA meeting and it was all people that were sick over 60 years old. Mm-hmm. And there was five of them. That was it. And this was supposedly the big meeting in town. Okay. And I was like, this is the big meeting. I've got five. I'm, I'm 28, nine years old. This is the big meeting. I got over 55 plus. I'm like, this is not going to work. So I remember I went to, it was a Sunday and I was going to go watch the football game and I, and I just moved in and I didn't have a TV. Yeah. So I walked to the bar Mm. and I sat at the bar and I was drinking, um, I think I was just drinking a Coke and some girl came up to me and she was hitting on me and we blah, blah, blah. And 
Next thing I know, I'm drinking Bud Lights like I used to drink Bud Lights by the case. <laughs> and and we're hanging out, and then she asked me if I wanted to party. And I remember looking back at that a couple years later when I finally got sober for what I am now. Okay. And that was just like the other time. I sold myself out. Mm. So my question to you is, what are you going to do to not sell yourself out anymore? How do you know? Ha, have you learned? Like, I mean, you know, you're in, you know, you have your insecurities are a pitfall. But what have you learned to look out for so it does you don't get in too deep, too dark? Um, you know, um, what I've what I've learned this time is just to be, you know, uh, grateful what I have and how I look. Um, you know, so many people. Um, you know, don't have legs, don't have arms, um, you know, so I just, you know, I am grateful of how I look right now. Um, yeah, at times, uh, you know, I, I lose one addiction and I gain another one, which is tattoos now and piercings. Um, you know, that's that's one issue for mine, for me, um, just, just uh, because of my insecurity. You're constantly thinking you need this in order to have this. Correct. Yes. I yes. get it, man. I get it. When are you going to start working on that part? That part, you know. Because you're still on the edge. Yes. Because you can only get so many tattoos. I yes. mean, and you got to watch how you get tattoos because otherwise, I mean, that affects how the jobs you get, so on and so forth. I mean, it's a big deal. Yes, no, I get it. No, I understand. Um. I did sit down with my mom, and I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to poo poo on like you know free expression and all that type of stuff. Totally get it. I mean, I'm not a tattoo guy myself. I I just don't do needles. Yeah, I just don't. No, I, get I, it, I get it. <laughs> I get it. it ain't happening. I get it. But what what's going to keep you um, from? What do you think will keep you from? I mean, you can only get so many tattoos. I mean, you're still running from the from the issue. Yeah. Just, just being comfortable with myself, you know, um, just, um, you know, talking to other people and, you know, helping me, for them to help me to get through my struggle and my insecurities. Um, but yeah. Can you make a pledge to yourself that you won't get another tattoo for X amount of time? Yes, I can. Really? Yes. How long would you put? I'll put it for six months. Six months. Yes. So for the next six months, you're not going to get another tattoo? No. Nope. No more piercings? No more piercings. All right. Get it. We're talking with Cena. Cena's been sober for 98 days. Um, he uh, suffered from um, PCP and heroin, arguably the two most addictive drugs on the planet. Uh, and he's been there and he's done that. Um, we're going to be right. We're going to take a quick break, Cena. Uh, we'll be right back, um, and we'll get to we'll get into more some good stuff about um, what what's happening with treatment in your mind. You've been through enough of it, man. You know what works and what doesn't work. Yes. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients. 
and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Rameen. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at Rebostreatment.com. Now, back to the power to create yourself. Hi, welcome back to the show. Um, we're happy to happy that you joined us. Uh, we're having a pretty wild conversation right now. We've got a we've got Cena. Cena is um, he's a former PCP and heroin user. I like to say former. They're not going back to that world, man. You can't. You can't see the logic in it. You just can't. It's just, I mean, was there ever a point that you just thought, you know, I can do this recreationally. Like, this is, sticking a needle in my arm is totally going to be fine. Yes, there's probably certain crowds that I probably shouldn't do this publicly, but doing it in a tent in a park. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. Actually, um, in the mornings when I wake up and I'll be fine, I'll be like, I could do this recreationally. But, you know, during the day I would get sick and I would have to go get it. You get dope sick? Yes, yes. And those were intense. What's dope sick like for you? uh, My body aching, hot and cold, um, uh, cramps, muscle aches, throwing up, vomiting my own blood, um, constipated, constipation, um, just doing anything to get that next fix. Your body's just freaking out. Yes, yes, yes. Straight up freaking out. <laughs> Intense, you know. It's brutal. Intense, yes. Brutal. You know, you've been through 17 treatment centers. I've been through eight plus. I mean, and, and people used to say this to me, and so I say it to you affectionately. <laughs> you know, guys like you and me, we've been through so many treatment centers, we can open our own. I, I did. <laughs> I opened my own. I thought um, I thought I could just do it differently. I mean, I literally took a piece of paper when I created this place, and I I put the pluses and the minuses of all the places I've been to because I didn't find a place that was really at least that I went to was really that bad. 
I did find a lot of things that they could have worked on and they could have done better. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the place that I went AWOL from, that I totally left on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, I said, there's a lot of good here, but there's a couple things here that are just, that aren't right. Yeah. yeah. That are just wrong. What do you, when people are looking for places to go, what do you, what, what do they look for? Um, well, in active addiction, yeah, they just look for a bed, you know, but if they really want to get sober, um, a new way of life, someone guiding them, someone helping them, you know, um, I went, I, you know, like I, like Ross said, I've been to 17 plus treatment centers and not one of the treatment centers has a spiritual counselor, has a therapist, has a doctor, has a biopsych, has, you know, people caring for you, people helping you, um, people showing you uh, a new way of life, um, you know, I've, you know, what, what were you missing at the, so you, you never had that, like, I mean, it just sounds like you just didn't have much, I don't know how to really put it, and I'm trying to be as polite as I possibly can to, to society in general, but it's, it's messed up. Yes, yes. It's messed up. Okay. I mean, we lose, dude, you, we, you almost became, you almost became a statistic. You, you almost died in a park. Your mom would have to, people would be like, how'd you die in a park? Yeah. And I know that's tough on you, man. I know. It's jacked up. And it's killing me that I, you know, I watch people like you and I watch people like myself. I mean... I don't know if I was going to die or what it was. I knew I, I was thinking about killing myself. I didn't want to be this guy anymore. But it was so amazing to me when I went through treatment that the amount of coldness that you would be given. Yeah. You know, granted, there has to be kind of a firm fist kind of guiding people because, I mean, we're drug addicts. We'll, 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 we'll manipulate the living hell out of a situation. Definitely. But there's got to be, I mean, lack of a better term, there's got to be a little bit of a bedside manner. Yeah. You know, that you can talk to somebody and have a little empathy for what they're going through. Not really as much sympathy. I mean, sympathy is nice, but empathy where you're like, where you have somebody that's actually asking you questions about why your situation is your situation. Yes. So you don't turn into, I mean, I was reading a statistic and I've said this a few times, we lose between 200 and 300 people per day from this. And it's the only disease that's out there that, that we're okay in a society with at best an 8% success rating. Hmm. It's kind of nuts. Yes. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, if we, if heart disease, if, you know, all this stuff was, had 8%, they would be jumping through hoops. Yeah, definitely. What do you, what, to keep you going, what is, what is your plan now for, you know, you're, tomorrow you're going to have 99 days of sobriety, knock on wood. What are you going to do? What, what's your plan? What do you, what do you do on a daily basis? What, what's your life become? On a daily basis? You know, uh, I realize maybe it's an hourly basis. Okay, yeah. yeah. I I don't know. I know it might be getting. I was hourly at times. Right. I mean, and I guess it depends on the day. Yeah. You know, um, I just you know I just stay focused in my sobriety and my clean time. Uh, I I I talk with the right people that um you know that have some plus years. 
Um, I surround myself with the right people. I don't go to the bad crowds that I used to go with. Um, I just I just stay away from people, places, and things, as it says in the book. Um, but you know, my pretty day, insecure guy though. That's pretty tough. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I, I see people at meetings that are cool, that are you know, t- you know, tatted up, and I want to be with them. But at the same time, they're not focusing on the meeting. They're just focusing of fooling around. Um, I have so much to lose. I have so much to what lose. What do you got to you know? lose? Oh, what I have to lose? My freedom, my life, uh, my family, which I already did. Um, you know, f- I just, I have so much that I'm scared to pick up one more time. I might be dead. You know, who knows? I might do 25 to life. I might kill someone. I might, you know, um, I might go insane. You know, um, right now, I... I I just have a strong support system that helps me and guides me in my life. Um, I am working a thorough pro- program. I am working on the steps this time, um, you know. And as of as of today, I I don't see anything stopping me in my recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just I'm beyond grateful of what I have today, and it's given to me by the staff of Rebos. You know, uh, I just. I, I never believed in a higher power until I came to Rebos. Um, I appreciate the plot. I mean, I'm, in, I, you know, I want people to understand. I'm not. This is definitely not to have you on here to give us a plug by any means. No, but I'm glad that it helped. Yeah. I'm glad that what we did for you helped. Um, and I think that everybody should be. You know, I think most treatment centers should be doing what we're doing. Correct. You know. Definitely. Help people keep involved in it to see a light at least. Yes. When you think back, going back to when you were in prison, you know, in jail, what did you do anything in there for your sobriety? No. Not a thing? Not a thing. Not a thing. Did you ever acknowledge while you were in there why you were in there? Or did you feel you just got a bum rap? I didn't want to acknowledge it. You know, uh, I just... What did you tell yourself? It wasn't my fault. Really? I was still in my active addiction when I was in there. Um... I didn't think it was my fault. I think it was the cops' fault or the victims' fault for putting me in this place. I think they just wanted to harass me. I think they just wanted to bug me. Um, I didn't see my part, you know, in doing what I did. Well, so you're sitting in prison and you're blaming somebody else for why you're in prison for selling drugs. Yes. It's twisted. Yes, it is. It's where our head goes. Insanity. It is. Yes. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts when that stuff happens. Mind blowing. Yes. Mind blowing. <laughs> I know. I know. It's craziness. Yes. What are you doing around the holidays? Around the holidays for Thanksgiving, um, I am going to Skid Row and feeding the homeless. Um. Not going to be with my family because it's not a good place for me to be at at this time in my recovery. Will you call them? I will call them and say Happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. But I just, um, I'm, I'm going to surround myself with the right people. I'm going to surround myself with people that, you know, uh, care and love me and support me in my rough times. Mm. What? So you're going to, like, downtown L.A., Correct. Skid Row. Correct. And what are you going to be doing down there? Uh, cooking for the homeless and feeding them and probably giving them haircuts. Really? Yes. 
Nice. You bring your own clippers? How does that work? Uh, they have clippers there. Yeah? Correct. Right on. And you're just going to be at a soup kitchen? Yes. Nice. The Midnight Mission. Really? Correct. Some gnarly stuff going on yes. down there. Yes. Yep. It's really gnarly. A lot of grateful people, though. Yes. A lot. A lot. A lot of grateful people. Do you do a lot of um? Do you do a lot of service work now? Yes, I do. Do you? Yes, I do. Like what? Um, you know, uh, I I do help people that are struggling the same way I struggled in my life. I do. Um, the other day, Saturday, I did a twelve step call and picked up a girl that was indeed in need of help. What do you mean you did a twelve step call? What's that? By you know just being of service and helping someone that wants to get help and wants to stay sober and wants to be sober. Mm-hmm. Um. I picked her up from a bad place and brought her into a good place. Yeah. And uh, she's right now in a sober living. She's doing good. And uh, she's getting the help that she needs. Well, what do you do for, when people say you got to be, you know, for the people that know, you know, in, in sobriety, one of the biggest factors to do is to, um, is to give back and to be of service not to think of ourselves all the time because mm-hmm. we're really good at being in our own head yes. man are we good at being in our own head yes. every you know and I tell people this too all the time forget about the drugs forget about the alcohol if you just want to feel better during the day go help somebody with their groceries that's in a you know if you're in the parking lot of a grocery store and you see some old lady or some old man you know or a mom that's got like six kids hanging out of the window if they're you know they're yeah. they're suburban go help them load their groceries yes. go go do something Definitely. Definitely. it's so uplifting to just to be able to do that to be you know just to be better yes that's that's actually how i get high right now um by helping someone else out but you know uh it just it it brings my spirits up, you know, um, that, that's, that's literally, uh, I get, I get, um, adrenaline by helping someone else. Really? Yes. Yes. That's kind of naughty. I, I never thought of it that way. I always just thought I felt better. Yes. Maybe I just made it about myself too much, maybe more than I should make it about myself. Huh. What about? You know, you brought up the spiritual component, and it, you get high from this, as you say, when okay. you help people out. And you were saying, you know, you had a spiritual counselor that you're working with. What is that? What is that for you? For me, um, I, I never believed in a higher power. I never believed in God. Um, but through my court cases and um, everything that happened to me, and and you know, not going to prison for seven years. Um, praying to you God. You just found that out. Yes, yes. Two Thursdays ago. Two Thursdays ago, you just found out that you're not going to prison for seven years. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's yes. incredible. Yes. You know, and I, now you're sitting here. Yes. You know, and one thing my spiritual counselor uh, told me to do is pray for the judge, pray for the detective. Every morning pray, every night pray, and that's what I did. You know, um, I, I don't know a concept of my God, but I do believe in someone bigger than me. Um, and it might be a, it might be a door handle, it might be the sea, it might be the ocean. I don't know what it is, but I just pray to someone that's uh, higher than me. It's open-minded, man. Yes, I do the same thing. It's funny when I'm pissed at somebody, I pray for, I pray for that other person. I don't cuss them out. Yes, I don't. And people, my wife thinks I'm nuts. 
Like, are you praying for that person? I'm like, yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am. Because yes. <laughs> I run hot, and that's what I do. Yes. I wish them the best. Definitely. There's a saying, you know, you, you pray for them as if they were a sick friend. Mm. And that's what I do. I really do. I think it's important to be able to do that on a daily basis. And to be able to just to have your ego set aside that you can honestly just wish them, even though they totally, that your life is either in their hands to totally, just totally jack up your life, or the person has, you know, giving you the finger at a stoplight, <laughs> whatever it is, just to, you know what, I hope they, you know, like, thumbs up, dude, I hope you have a great day, God bless you, yes, yes. you know, and it, it sounds kind of ridiculous, but it helps, yeah. it totally yeah. helps, I know, I know, it's nuts, you know. And you can move on from you can move on uh, so much faster if by just doing that. Yes, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. We've been talking with Cena. Cena is a he's a he's a sober man uh, with ninety eight days sober. Tomorrow he'll have ninety nine days sober on Thanksgiving. He'll have ninety nine days of sobriety from PCP and heroin addiction. Um, a few months ago, Cena was f- uh, flatlined. He was in a tent. Um, in a park <laughs> um, he almost died on his mom and on his dad 100 days before um, his parents almost lost two kids yes. one to cancer and one to drug addiction and you are alive yes. you've been given more second chances you're supposed to go to prison for seven years two weeks ago and then you've been given another shot mm-hmm. if you don't believe in a higher power that's got to be it uh, buddy, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I'm Ross Ramin. Um, this is the Rebos Treatment Center. You can find us at rebostreatment.com. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us this week on The Power to Create Yourself. We hope to have you tune in again next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition with Ross Ramin on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have an enlightening week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.